Welcome to the Nopalera podcast, a place where I share the journey of building my company from the ground up, as well as the stories of others in our community. I am your host, Sandra Velasquez, founder of Nopalera, a culture-forward brand that celebrates and elevates culture. Aside from making great products, we are cultural storytellers with a mission to inspire our community to stand in their worth. In this podcast, you will hear a mix of solo and guest episodes around the entrepreneurial realities of building a company. I launched Nopalera from my Brooklyn apartment with no outside funding while working three jobs, raising my child in the middle of the pandemic at the age of 44. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope it inspires you to live boldly. Kiku Chadhuri is the co-founder of Shaz and Kicks, a hair wellness company that is reimagining ancient Indian rituals to build your healthiest hair ecosystem by harnessing the power of nutrient-rich ingredients indigenous to the Indian subcontinent. Rooted in Ayurveda, one of the world's oldest healing systems, Kiko and her sister and co-founder Shaz take these age-old rituals and reimagine them for today's world. Prior to Shaz and Kicks, Kiku worked in the tech and media industries for 15 plus years. She worked at Condé Nast on brands such as Vogue and GQ, leading digital growth and innovation before she started her entrepreneurial journey. I am excited for you to listen to this conversation, my first guest on the Nobaleta podcast with Kiku from Shaz and Kicks. I am a legit fan of their brand and their products. And this is just such a beautiful story about two sisters who wanted to work together and they leaned into their culture as the foundation of their brand. Let's dive in. Kiku, welcome to the Nopaleta podcast. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I am so excited and happy to be here. I am so excited. I know that I've told you multiple times by email, but I want to say it publicly. I am obsessed. I know that's an overused word, but I am obsessed with your hair clay cleanser. It is what I was missing in my life. So, <laughs> so thank you so much for making amazing products. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're, I mean, I, I will, I will always cheer up whenever I hear any type, any type of good review on of our products. And, um, you've given us so much love and support and it like just makes my heart burst to hear that, um, yeah, that our cleanser is giving you so much happiness. That's kind of at the end of the day, our goal. <laughs> Yes. And I mean, I obviously don't want to take up too much time with my own personal hair issues, but I, you know, had, I was dealing with like dandruff and I was, I tried all the natural things and it really wasn't until I discovered your product and those little, like, what are they seeds? Like, what is the scrub aspect to that product? That is the thing that was missing in my life. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it, there's a, there's a physical exfoliant, which is, um, it's the Jamun seeds jamun is an indian blueberry which also gives it its really fun purple color which makes you kind of want to eat the product but don't um yes but yeah it's 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 jamun it's these little blackberry um sorry not blackberry they're indian blueberries they're not blackberries yeah um, and the seed yeah the seed are they're just really great exfoliants um and they're also just really full of antioxidants as well and nutrition so uh they do they do double duty and i'm really happy that it's helped you relieve some of your scalp challenges i literally am addicted and i hide it from my my daughter who's a teenager because <laughs> i don't want her to use it i want to use it all myself um but anyway i'm so excited to dive into this conversation to learn to really like learn more about your story and to share it with with more people and first like why don't we start with what did you do before you launched Shaz and Kicks what were you and your sister doing because this is a company with you and your sister right yeah yeah so we're co-founders and so my other co-founder is also my sister who's Shaz um yeah so we're sister created and founded a little bit about what I was doing, and I can even do a little nod to Shaz as well, because um, I think it, it really helps round out 
um, why we came together uh, for both for kind of both personal and a bit professional reasons as well, because uh, there, there is like both of us uniting and, and doing this together equally, which is very much part of our story. Um, so before this, I've been out in the working world for 10 plus years. My background is specifically in tech media. For many years before we before I started Shaz and Kicks, I worked at Condé Nast, uh, one of the world's biggest publishing companies. Um, I started there when they were first starting to focus on like the digital side of their business. So this it feels like a hundred years ago, but right. it wasn't. Um, and you know, like it wasn't that long ago where you know, like their site was on like WordPress, <laughs> which is when I <laughs> all their sites. So they own at that time. Uh, things have changed a lot since I've been there, but they own twenty different media titles, anywhere from Allure, Glamour, Bon Appetit, Condé Nast Traveler, New Yorker. Vanity Fair, GQ, Allure. Um, and I came on at, at Vogue.com. I was one of the very first digital strategists as part of like the huge conglomerate of, of uh, Condé Nast um, helped really dig into digital strategy and analytics and content strategy at Vogue.com. This was back in like 2011. And um, and then, yeah, made my way for, for about almost a little over six years was at that company, um, worked at wonderful brands like GQ, led their digital strategy and growth um, and led their entire digital team. And then the last couple of years before I made the transition full time to Shaz and Cakes was uh, head of their digital innovation and growth. And that was, again, across the, the 20 brands at that time. And, you know, I really um, created you know, much of my career before Shaz and Kicks was focused on creating digital content and strategy and uh, data science as well. So I got my master's uh, many years ago at Northwestern that really focused on digital media and kind of marketing analytics. So I am... I am trained in numbers, but that's not where my passion is. I think it's really wonderful to understand numbers in whatever fashion and form and for that to really help drive good strategic decisions. Um, and then I more, more went into strategy and innovation and growth, um, different brands of their digital side of the business. Tell me, how did that help you? Because you know, having a product-based brand is a whole other yes. world, right? We're talking formulation, yes. stability testing, ingredients, supply chain. So... Obviously, digital strategy and everything that you did. I always love, you know, when we when we realize that what we did in the past can help us in the present in kind of the most unexpected ways. Uh, by the way, your emails are beautiful, so I don't know if that's you or who is in charge of that, but whoever's in charge of that strategy is killing the game. But um, thank you, thank you. But tell me how what you used to do like helps you in this product based business in hair care. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, well, a little bit answering your question about the emails as well. Thank you so much for. For loving our emails, um, so I do. I do the email strategy and the and the content. And I have a we have a wonderful, wonderful designer who's our creative director who's been with us from the very beginning who um, uh, creates who the creates visual, beautiful the visual. Yes. Um, so joint effort, and that's a little bit of not to obviously. I when I say digital strategy, um, I have a background in email marketing and social media marketing, uh, search, and and yeah, and, and and paid partnerships as well. So those are all kind of things that I helped kind of grow and focus on during my kind of last days and even prior to that working at digital agencies. So all those kind of past experiences and the knowledge that I've garnered from, from my past experiences obviously help um, like half of the business where it comes to marketing and even kind of all the, you know, kind of even the e-com. We are running marketing companies, right? I mean, yes, at the end of the yes. day. 
yes, we are. We're marketing and content companies. Um, and that's, 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 you know, that's like 50% of the business. I'd be kind of arbitrarily playing that number. But I think that's half of the business, which obviously very hands-on have had um, that experience. And the other half, as you mentioned, is like the physical product. So I've actually never worked a physical product. I've only worked on, you know, digital services of content. Um, so that part is really new. Um, and that's a little bit of, uh, first of all, it's just kind of like we're, we're, we're learning as we go. Yes. Uh, neither yes. my sister nor I have actual like beauty manufacturing experience. Yeah. But my sister is an engineer by trade and um and an MBA and has worked on physical consumer goods in the past. And so her eye for innovation, of course, or just her general understanding of manufacturing very, very much helps uh help you know she very helpful. Yes, very helpful. <laughs> yes. Um so and that was kind of I know I didn't mention a little bit about my sister, but it's kind of our also our complementary skill sets that we also thought would be really good working together to create a business. Now neither of us have actual beauty experience, but yeah. um I we always say that I have like a really deep dedication and love for the tradition and the kind of the ingredients um, and the storytelling. And she has a great eye for innovation and, and the manufacturing. And she does a lot of the operations and, and runs the P&Ls as well. So, oh, bless um, her. Yes. yes I wish her. that my sister was running my operations. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's like a really great, like kind of two minds that have come together. We have a lot of overlapping interest and love as well. We do a lot of the product development ourselves. Very, that's very 50-50. Uh, we work on that hand on hand together because it's so much of kind of like the crux of the business. And, um, and, you know, and we always say that, you know, kind of going back to, um, our formulations and our ingredients are, are rooted in Ayurveda. They come from the Indian subcontinent and rituals and, and formulas that we grew up with as, as young kids that we learn when we visit, we spend all of our childhood summers in India. We learned yeah. these wonderful practices from our grandma and the wonderful woman in our family. And I loved, and I was kind of like, you know, the nerdy teacher's pet to my grandma. I like loved being out in her garden and learning about these ingredients and even using them in the very much in the, in the very traditional sense where things were just made handmade that time, you know, kind of one time use in the kitchen. And, you know, they're, they're not like final products. They're obviously right. 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 There's I, no preservatives. Like, no, no, there's no preservatives. <laughs> uh, you know, they're made uh, for a daily use. Right. And, um, and, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're obviously amazing and they're so pure, but they're also like not the best experience. Right. And you also like not everyone, even us don't have our grandma anymore in our kitchen yeah. making this for us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I love the tradition, but Shaz, you know, she loved always the out, like the outcome of it, but she really didn't like the the experience. You know, she's like, I don't like things that are messy. I don't like things mm. that, you know, they're kind of dripping on my face or they're right. <laughs> kind of hard to put in my hair. And it's wonderful when, you know, grandma's around and she does this all for us, but like, I don't like doing it myself. Yeah. So it was kind of both those, uh, both those minds that kind of came together that created Shaz and Cake. So, you know, but whose idea from, was it, Kiku? Like, who was it one of you that pulled the other one in that convinced, or really was it like a conversation that you guys decided, okay, we're going to start a hair care brand? We're going to leave our corporate jobs and we're going to start making hair clay cleansers. Like, yeah. <laughs> who yeah, convinced who? <laughs> I mean, I will say that, um, you know, we've been, we've been uh, obviously sisters our whole lives. We've always been very close for almost a decade. We lived on different continents. I lived in New York City for many years, and she and our family lived out in. Dubai. Um, and then around 2018, we both moved back to, for us, which is our home state in Texas. And that was kind of just the stars aligned. And we finally were like, you know, I'm like this in the same state, very close to each other after many, many years. And during that time, we both were 
you know, we felt like, A, we've had a lot of experience. She's she's had even more experience on the working field than, than, than myself. And we thought that we had really kind of garnered really great skill sets, experiences that would create like a good, smart business. Um, we have a lot of love and passion for our heritage. Mm-hmm. We also just wanted to like spend more time together. We always say it. It's like kind of cheesy, but we're like, oh, we just like, what can we do to make so we can spend more time together? That's Let's start we, a brand. You will spend all your time together. Yes. <laughs> we did, I don't think we realized how much we would spend time, but, right. but no complaints. It's been nice. Um, and, and then we really started doing, you know, the other component was that we saw so much of health and wellness and beauty trends that have taken off in the past several years that really have a lot of origin in the Eastern yeah. part of the world, whether it be traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. And we felt like a, most South Asians were part of that heritage. They weren't really part of bringing those ingredients yeah. and those rituals um, to the outside world. And then um, it was also a lot of like the origin and the attribution had been stripped and it it was wonderful. It it is for us, it's really exciting to see a lot of these ingredients become adopted and globally used and to be recognized. That's amazing. They're universally wonderful for everybody. Um, But they have so much story, so much origin, so much um, steeped in so much kind of cultural references that we really wanted to bring light to that. So there was also kind of this, a little bit of like um, advocacy and mission around um, sourcing the ingredients in the way that we thought was the most appropriate that gave back to the traditional communities that have grown, harvested them for generations. All of our ingredients do come from South Asia, suppliers and farms. Um, and then we also really wanted to do our due diligence of the history and the origin, how we use them in modern day, but also um, how how they've historically have had such wonderful stories you know some of them have come from other parts of the world and through the spice trade have come to india some of them are indigenous for from the very beginning to the indian subcontinent um so yeah so we you know we kind of see ourselves as as storytellers and so there's a lot of all those kind of conversations that have happened for decades between me and and shaz and we really felt like it was the right time and i think really kind of then doing our due diligence you know we both come from marketing backgrounds we will do good research into the landscape and the yeah. different, you know, the competitor analysis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we, we obviously we've all witnessed how much kind of skincare and cosmetics have really grown and advanced over the past decade. A lot of it is to do with other cultures coming in and bringing their knowledge and, and bringing their um, ingredients and categories in. And uh, we felt like, you know, we knew, no, we didn't feel because we, we felt like it. And then we did our research and we saw all the numbers really pointing to strong growth opportunities within hair care. Um, not much has happened in innovation and even yeah. kind of, again, kind of newness coming to the category for decades. Um, and so we thought that this was a perfect place within beauty to come in. We thought there's a lot of white space. And then going back again, hair care is the pinnacle of Indian beauty, um, yeah. kind of the culture around Indian beauty. And we felt like there's not really even been any company globally, even um, even in India, that has really become a global presence within in, Indian hair care. So we right. thought that's what we would move into. So a mix of love, a mix of passion, a mix of just the right timing, and then obviously doing our market research. Yes, yes. And you get to own the story authentically, which is like my favorite part, right? Because there's a lot of people co-opting other cultures and, you know, creating products, but you're telling it from a very authentic place. And I just love to see that when it's the people from the culture who are getting to tell the story, who are owning it and, you know, really taking up space. That's my favorite part. (laughs) So I, yeah, I love to see it. Um, I want to touch on something that we spoke on in our very first conversation. I can't remember why 
I we we had that phone conversation. Someone connected us, and I reached out to you for for a question. And what struck me, and I've remembered it ever since then, which is um, that really touches on this thing that I always tell other founders, which is begin with the end in mind, right? When people are asking, like, how do I get into Nordstrom? How do I get into these stores? And I'm like, because you decide that from the beginning. That's how. (laughs) And you create a brand from the beginning with that in mind. And so during our first conversation, you know, whenever that was several months ago, you said something, you said, we wanted to get into Credo Beauty in year one, and we wanted to get into Sephora in year two. And am I correct that those things are that's exactly what happened. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you walk me through that? Like, tell me sure. like what that, like really unpack that, you know, cause it's not, people think that there's like tricks to get into wholesale and like, you have to have the right email. And I'm like, everyone's on LinkedIn. You can find anyone on LinkedIn getting a whole, finding out who the buyer is, is not the hard part, right? It's creating yeah. the brand for those specific retail targets. So like, walk me through that, unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a great conversation. Um, and yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so I think there was there was there was a lot of thought into kind of our distribution uh, from the very beginning, and we knew that we were going to launch with direct to consumer because that was something a that was going to be always part of the business. Going back to again the storytelling, owning yeah. also owning data, owning yes. know, everything that you know kind of around ownership. It's important to have direct to consumer. It's also for us. We don't you know we didn't have any sort of previous retail partnerships. We, right. you know, we were not part of the industry, so. It, it was really hard for us to have any sort of conversation with anyone really at what, what we had kind of uh, listed out as ideal retail partners for us um, prior to even having a product. So we knew that we were going to launch online and then we were going to really, we were going to make a bomb ass product and yeah. then, um, and then, and then start working on, on the retail strategy. But to kind of go back, we also, I think it's really important to really understand your specific category, your price point, what, you know, even within, it's not just like beauty. Beauty has like yeah, yeah. five, six, seven different different categories <laughs> yeah. with it, right? Yeah. And to really understand what you're creating, who is your customer, where do they shop? For us, we are we're premium hair care. Yes. And yes. you know, we kind of talked about. You know, I know you guys have like a wide distribution with uh, various kind of like local boutiques, right? Like right. Niche right. Boutiques that are yeah. you know that really harbor that great community. That's wonderful for you guys. You guys are uh, you you're creating a brand and products that very much lend itself to that kind of distribution. Right. We're like, I'm, I have a gift brand. Yeah. You're a gift brand. Yeah, exactly. And you can very much be on the fly. I, I can be at, at a beautiful store and I'm like walking through your product catches my eye and I'm like, oh yeah, like I wasn't in the market for this, but right. this is, whether it be for myself or for a gift, I, it's on the fly type of uh, product to purchase. We are not that. It is, it's like a premium price, big hair care product yeah. you don't you don't buy on the fly you need to really be in market for it you need to be in the headspace for it yeah. you need to be in the right specific places that also sell that yeah and so we narrowed it down to obviously a handful of, of retailers and there's really not that many retailers of of kind of the distribution that we wanted that really do that and so uh that you know i think it's always really important to really understand very specifically your product yes. and exactly where it sits within the larger beauty landscape and to really then create the map of where in the retail space, where it should sit. Right. So there was that, right. And then I feel like once we kind of got a list down, we did 
a lot of due diligence of understanding exactly what what entails what are on those stores shelves. Right. How do they, you know, is it like, is it one product? Is it, is it assortment? Mm-hmm. What's kind of their packaging? Do they like outer packaging? Do they not? You know, yeah. this and the other. Of course, going into something like Credo from the very beginning, we got that Credo, you know, clean list. And that was something that we created around. And that was, you know, before we even met any sort of chemist, that was part of our brief, right? Yes. So that was something that we preemptively always work towards, even from a formulation standpoint. Yes. And then, yeah, I think even things like, you know, I think simple things like even like barcodes, which again, I understand if you're like, yeah, you're like, you know, again, you're, you're super brand new. You're just launching. Sure. Maybe you don't need to put barcodes and you're selling only online on, on, on your specific store. Uh, maybe you have a small batch and you don't need to, but that's something that if you want to go into retail, you need to be thinking about that. Right. hundred so, percent. It's not that expensive. I tell no, people, I'm not. like, just do it. GS1.org. Let's go. Yep. Okay. Just commit. <laughs> Yeah. It's not expensive. And yeah. I think that also these are these all these little small things that as you are starting to do outreach and pitch yourself, it shows your potential buyers, potential retail partners that you that you are setting yourself up for for them. For them. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, we, we always thought of that and we also did a lot of research even within, you know, there's that kind of like the clean beauty niche uh, retailers like Credo, uh, like detox, detox and bowling, mm-hmm. right? We kind of like really looked at, uh, this is even like, again, all this data, you can be Googling, you can just be, just put on like a fine tune, like glasses of yours and to really kind of look strategically, are they focusing on, you know, and again, for us, it's hair. I'm going to be talking about yeah. hair. Are they focusing on it? How many, how many brands are it? Does it look like they are adding on new brands? Does it look like they're really focusing on that, right? Yeah. So even for Sephora, we know that Sephora's hair is actually one of the categories that they haven't historically really focused on. It was always cosmetics. Now they've done skin. Yep. And then our intuition, and not just intuition, it's like backed by, again, what we were seeing, we knew that hair was going to be the next frontier for them. Um, it's not their strongest right now. Yeah. And that was appealing to us. We wanted to be part of the build for Sephora, right? So, um, you know, there's other retail partners, there's other retailers out there that have a lot stronger uh, business in hair and they're a lot more established. And yeah, that, you know, that's that, that can be absolutely, you know, kind of a, a consideration set. But for us, we knew we wanted to enter Sephora. We're at the price point. We're at the demographic that we really target is at Sephora. And we knew that they've always been, you know, kind of, not super focused on here, which means they're going to focus on you. Which means opportunity. It's not It's not <laughs> yeah. saturated, right? I love that. And I just, I love this because you're saying everything that I always tell founders, which is, by the way, market research, just walk into the stores, walk yeah. into the stores, yeah. like, look what's on the shelf. Like, what are the sizes? What are the price points? Look at the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, that's the best intel. Like, you don't have to spend thousands on like Mintel data or Nielsen data. Like, mm-hmm. literally walk into the retailers that you want to be in and see what's on the shelf. And then- yeah look at the opportunity, right? So I love like, that's basically what you did. And then you created a brand around that and it became your GPS and like now you're there, right? So listen, everyone, that's how you do it, okay? (laughs) Okay, you have to decide like from the beginning who you're creating this for and like where you're trying to go. Like that's the only way you get there. You don't get there by accident, right? No, no, no accidents. You have to be so, so strategic and I think really focused, right? I think it's, you know, you can, you can launch a brand and then there's, there's so many different ways to distribute your product. There, yes. there is, right. And 
I, I personally think you just can't be helter skelter and just trying to get in everywhere, anything. Someone email sends you an email and you're like, and I totally understand because I remember those first few emails, those first few months. It's like, oh my God, someone actually has seen someone our Someone wants us? Yeah. Want yeah. Us. yeah. But, um, but I, I think just having a very clean, clear focus yes. on distribution is really important. And I think sometimes we've said no. And we're, yes. we're, very, we're a really tiny brand still. Yeah. But we've said no a lot. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And that has really helped us really carved out a really specific, the two paths that we really wanted to take was step one was Credo. Yeah. Um, and then step two was Sephora. And so I love it. Um, yeah. Very deliberate, deliberate. Step. I've been saying no from the beginning. We still say no constantly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and listen, you can always go back and say yes later. Yes. But, yes. you know, it's really about the positioning in the beginning, right? If you're like, we're creating a premium hair care brand, you cannot just go into Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. So, so I love that. And I love that focus. And I understand like that anxiety of like, you feel like sometimes you're leaving money on the table because people are coming to you and they want your mm-hmm. product. But the answer is no, because it's not in line with our growth plans, right? Exactly. So I love that. Can you tell me a little bit about like what a day looks like? Because I mean, how big is your team right now? Like how many people, like how many hats are you guys wearing? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I, I laugh. I laugh every single time anyone asks me that because they answer it. I'm the only full-time person. Uh, wow. Shaz, she, she has a full-time job um, and she does. I don't want to say, I never say part-time because I feel she does this almost full-time as well. Of she's, course. She's doing full, two full-time jobs. She yeah. does full, two full-time jobs. She is going to be moving over in the very near future full-time. Yeah. But, you know, we're a year and a half old. And even before then, we had two years that we started when we started conceptualizing and pre-launch. Of course. Um, so it's been three and a half years that we've been working on this. And I went full-time right before we launched. And Shaz is going to is working on becoming full-time yes we also have her husband who's my brother-in-law who's also part of our kind of initial founding team he does um he runs all of our pnl our accounting um again that's his background it's really great that's so always great. a shout out to him he's always like very much big shout out <laughs> big shout out he's like the man behind the scenes um he does I, we always joke he's like the chief of the stuff that kiko doesn't want to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a like really important thing we all need those people we all need those people so um and, and we've, we've just been, you know, we're, we try to keep super lean and focused. We haven't raised tons of money. We were self-funded until just very recently. Yeah. We keep it, you know, again, like we want to keep as much ownership as possible. And we do push ourselves as much as we can ourselves to do various things. We've, again, all of us have had 10, 20 years of work experience. And so I think that does, again, experience does help. Yeah. Besides that, um, I mentioned our creative director, who's our designer from the very beginning. She's also kind of been there from the very beginning. She's amazing. She's amazing. She does. She's done, she did all of our branding and our logo work. She's anywhere, anywhere where you see visual anything, she's, That's her. she's there. Yeah. She's, but she's still, you know, she's a freelancer. She's, you know, she works as a freelancer for us. She runs her own agency. Um, she kind of heavily works on us and she's built out yeah. her team that works on other clients. Um, but she's wonderful. And then we have freelancers. Freelancers are are our go-to. There's wonderful talent out there. Yes. And again, when you're super small and we can't afford to have full-time payroll people, there's wonderful talent out there. We have a social media manager that helps us run our Instagram and a lot of our content. And then we have a little team of TikTok as well. We just have come on board. They're TikTok creators that have helped us launch and manage our TikTok channel. But yeah, but it's just a team of freelancers. Where do you like to find your freelancers? I love Upwork. I actually met my 
community and marketing manager on Upwork. She started as a freelancer, and then I just kept giving her more work and more work, and now she's a full-time employee. That's wonderful, <laughs> so, yes. But where do you like to find freelancers? Yes, so we, we've used Upwork, so our developer, so who's, again, also like a wonderful part of our team, uh, we found him through Upwork. It's funny, our social media manager is, um, I did all of it until like at some point like last year, and that's when I was like, okay, I need to find a, a resource. We kind of, we had like, a couple of different freelancers that came in and wasn't the right fit. And then I was like, and I found them through just, again, different little kind of like network groups. There's like all these like Slack channels. Yeah. There's one that's for like South Asian women Mm. freelancers that I'm part of. And so I like always love, I love working with women of color, giving them opportunities and helping them out. hundred percent. So we found that the, the way that we've found our now, our current social media manager who's now been with us for about six months, who I absolutely adore. And this is a little trick. I looked at there, you know, there's a handful of brands that we love that we always find inspiration from, you know, there's some that do a really great job on, on website kind of UX, UI and e-commerce. Yeah. Uh, we look to them all the time what they're doing. Uh, and then there's a handful that we love what they do on Instagram and they kill it. Um, and you know, these are brands from all over the world. I think it's really important to look at brands that are not just American, right? Like, Oh yeah. And not just in your category. Not just in our category. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. we look at across the board and I think that really helps us just in general to make sure that we're getting wonderful inspiration from all parts of the world. 100%. Um, yeah. And there's, there's this one jewelry brand that we absolutely adore. Shaz and I, we like are big fans of ourselves. And we love, we love their product, but also we love, love, love their, their social media. Yeah. And, and it was very, kind of very aligned. They're a jewelry company, it's not beauty, but very aligned with what kind of the general just tone and the way they build out their content calendar of how we would like to, you know, how we've been working, how we'd like to continue to further. So I just went down the rabbit hole and tried to find you. <laughs> yeah. Who's behind this? Who's in Who's charge? Yeah. And they could have, I mean, so they could have very, very much had like a full time person who obviously right. like, I'm not, not going to poach them, but they, I found that they work with this freelancer, uh, yeah. this wonderful kind of social media <laughs> content freelancer. And then I reached out to her and that's how we connected. And she's been wonderful. And she has her own little like mini agency. I love it. And like, the thing is, it's that I went through like, it was almost kind of, I went the other way where it's like, let me look at brands that I love, that yeah. especially specifically on Instagram, I'm looking for an Instagram, yeah. um, you know, content creator and manager. Let me look at the brands that I think are really great. And let me see who are the people that work on it. And, yeah. you know, I feel like eight out of 10 times these days, especially if it's a smaller brand, it's a freelancer and yep. Um, yep. yeah, you can find them that way. <laughs> I have found so many things by falling down the rabbit hole, right? And like, yes. I, don't, I don't remember what I clicked on initially, but somehow I ended up here and, you know, you find the answer that you're looking for. So I love that. And so tell me about like, what's next? So you're full-time, your sister's coming on full-time soon mm-hmm. yes. and you're preparing for Sephora. Yes. I mean, I'm not in Sephora, but I know other brands that you know have launched in Sephora. That's a lot of inventory, which means that's a lot mm-hmm. of capital, right? It's really capital yeah. intensive and like with the marketing, like how, what, what's your life like right now? <laughs> what are you doing to prepare for that? It, it is like, you know, a full of gratitude and excitement. Right, yes. Gratitude first. (laughs) Yes. The day-to-day, it can, we we really just look at, without feeling overwhelmed because there's days where it feels very overwhelming. Yes. Um, It's a really just kind of hands down, really focus on the day-to-day and like one task at a time. So we are part of the Sephora Accelerate program. So I kind of want to do this call out because it it has really helped us prep and get situated. So the Accelerate program, it's six months um, we start in January, we're almost at the end of it, we finish in June, and this program is, is kind of like this rigorous 
like Sephora MBA boot camp. I love it. And it's, it's been incredibly helpful. Yeah. So, you know, they come in and there's all these different industry experts within Sephora and also just kind of the family of Sephora brands and portfolio that they have. And, and a lot of founders and executives from those companies also come in and do different workshops and sessions. And they're really there to really help you, um, A, just like foundationally set up your your company um, as a whole, outside of even Sephora, just kind of really help you foundationally create the strongest kind of building blocks to make sure that you are set up for a big retail. Yeah. Um, and then they really, their their job is to really help you launch and succeed at Sephora. So I think we've had this really wonderful um, opportunity for six months. We've been in it. And from very day one, as you mentioned, Chaz and I are We've been, we've, it almost feels like, what is it? We've been preparing this for our whole lives. No, but you have. I know what you mean. We've been, that's overdramatic. dramatic. <laughs> but from, from day one, we prepared ourselves for a big retail partner. Um, and, and it's always been ideally on the list. It's been Sephora. Right. And so we came into the program with a lot of things already kind of set up, um, have learned excessively. We are like big learners. I think that's really important. We constantly ask questions, constantly after every single session, almost every single session, anyone comes in, follow up with, you know, any sort of question, thank you, gifts. I think that's always, I think those are, these are the little things I think that really help you set up for success. And build a relationship, right? Which is the foundation. Right. And I think that, you know, just that email of like, Hey, I have a question and it can be anywhere from like a a small granular question to like, I don't know, like what, you know, what's like your, your TikTok is amazing. And like the lighting is great. Do, can you tell me what ring light you use? I mean, it, it's can be something as <laughs> right. small as that to like inventory management questions, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think, you know, number one is like asking questions all the time yes. is like, that's been, you know, you know, prior to this opportunity with Sephora and even going through this program um, has really been helpful. I think I, I'm like, I've always been, I know like, I always get made fun of by Shaz. Like I'm, I've always been like that student in the front of the class with her hand up in the air hand up in the air that's <laughs> just who I am naturally no shame um and that's what I continue to be even now yes no it's so true I mean the learning is never ending right I feel like every yeah. day I'm learning something new I'm asking new questions I'm it just does not end there's no like you know you think that you reach a peak but now you're just like the bottom of another mountain that you have to climb another mountain yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think doing your due diligence, I feel like we've taken the six months has been a really wonderful time of not just being set up, but also understanding all the little like cogs of the wheel that help you set up for launch. And then of course, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that's the easiest part, that's really hard. And then even the harder part is like after launch and succeeding there. The execution, yeah. Yeah, the execution, right? So we're constantly, obviously learning from these sessions, we constantly follow up from anybody that has any sort of like niche expertise around like, how do we set up our influencer community? How do we do inventory management? How do we get on check? Blah, blah, blah. Every sort of granular question, uh, constantly asking. And um, I'm not a procrastinator. So like everything, like I'm a lot of like pre-work. Uh, yes. These six months I've really taken. So grateful for the opportunity and have not wasted any time of dilly-dallying from day one. It's like, okay, we need to do this specific thing seems to be the best practice for launch. And even though it's January and I don't even really know exactly when I'm going to launch, I'm going to start doing my research right now. Yes. I'm going to reach out to all the different apps for vendors that you know that are part of that marketing strategy, get all my conversations in. So yeah, so it's a lot of... Prep work. Yeah, prep work. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I love that. I mean, I'm right now, I feel like my entire 2022 is about preparing for 2023. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, um, there's just so much prep work. It takes so long, you know, it takes so much longer than people think, Yes. you know, just even like you said, like people have known about you for a year and a half, but they didn't know about the other year and a half that you were working on this. Yeah. 
so there's a lot of work that happens in the shadows, right? Where there's yeah. no applause, there's no money, and you have to put your head down and just work, right? Because you're preparing for that road ahead. So yeah. um, I love that. And I just want to thank you for this conversation. I want to wrap up with just some rapid fire questions, which I have not told you about in advance, but yeah, yeah. I know that you're going to, you're a quick thinker, so I'm excited for your answers. Of course. Okay. So uh, rapid fire question number one is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? And this can be business or life. I think I'm going to say two. One is from my mother from the very beginning, since we were kids. She used to always say one phrase, two words, speak up. And I think this is a woman, a woman of color, an immigrant woman. She's amazing, intelligent, hardworking, comes from a culture that, that doesn't really encourage women to speak up. So she would always say from day one, that I can remember both my sister and I were the only two kids of the family and we're both women, um, is speak up, always speak up. So I always think of that, even my, again, my sitting in front of the class, raising my hand, no shame. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to be present. Uh, so I think that's one. I love it. And the other one is this like, this is like personal, like, um, this was like, I think from my, like when I worked at GQ and this was the editorial director who was this wonderful woman and she was super funny and witty and we used to always laugh at this one thing that she's, we used to always say, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we kind of, I feel like it started off as a joke, but I always, I always keep that. I always like, I just like write it. Sometimes I just put it on a piece of paper. Yeah. And you know, for me, I like, I think this is also what really helps balance both my sister and this is not rapid fire at all. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm going no, to No, no, please. There's no, there's no, there's no clock timer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so she's definitely more risk averse and I'm more pro risk. Um, mm. And I think, again, these are the strategic decisions we've, we've made for us to be partners, but I think you gotta, you know, like uh, at times you gotta put down your inhibitions and it's okay to take risks. And I feel like, again, as women, uh, it's hard. It's hard yes. for us because there's so much weighs down on us in so many different ways, but feel like I've I've been encouraged by the wonderful women that I've worked with in the past to take risks and I've taken them and I will continue to take them and I will continue to share that piece of knowledge. Clearly it's working out. So I love it. I am here for it. Um, okay. Question number two is what does success look like to you? I think waking up every day and feeling like I'm I'm doing something positive in this world, you know. Uh, I, it, of course, I can be stressed out about things, but so much of creating shots and kicks was that I want to do something with my sister. I want to do something with my family. I wanted to bring value, do something. I, I worked eighty percent of my life, you know, I, and I wanted it to be something that brought me value and that brings some type of value to others. You know, I think success for me is waking up. If I can wake up almost every single day and feel like I'm doing some type of a little good in the little corner of this world. I, I think that's for me. I think that's success. I love it. Um, number three, what does your perfect day look like? My perfect day. Um, I mean, you kind of just said it right with your, it was it's very, you know, closely tied to what success looks like to you, but, but what else? So you woke up and you feel like you're making a difference in the world. You're making an impact or bringing value. Then what? <laughs> the skies will love it. Um, I think my, my perfect day is waking up again. Hopefully I'm waking up, feeling good about this world, feeling good of what I'm putting out in the world. I love going on I'm, and I'm with, with, with my family. I, I don't live with my sister, but a lot of times, you know, we're, we're together. I would, you know, go, go on a walk with our dogs, my mom and my sister, whenever we're all in Austin together at our home, that's how we start off the day. And, you know, we just whatever gab, three ladies and their dogs are, are gabbing. We go for a nice walk. We're in Austin in the beautiful hills. 
I think coming back and work is something that gives me joy. So I think like, again, I, and the best time is when I'm with my sister in person so much of like, you know, we do a lot of calls and video chats, but yeah. I love when we're in person in her office and, you know, we're working on some, I think like some like creative part of the business, you know, we're like yeah. working on like products or yes. like some storytelling. I think, you know, that's the that's fun part. Fun. Yeah. The fun part. The fun part. And I think that's kind of, you know, the, the meat of the day. And then, you know, the rest of the day is honestly like, I don't know, my mom cooks for us. We have like, <laughs> we're, we're with my family she has two wonderful daughters my nieces they were hilarious um and i it's a lot of like family and friend love and and good home cooked meal and know. food and walking and hikes i love it yes. yeah, i love it um okay almost done here so what do you want to be remembered for oh my god that's <laughs> <laughs> i want to be remembered for for a person that created opportunities for other women I, I think that's like, ultimately, I know right now our, our, our focus is the business. And even with that, you know, as I mentioned, like we're, we're always, we primarily work with other women. I want to continue mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to do that. Uh, when it, I want to be able to kind of mentor, advise, uh, you know, kind of support even monetarily later on in life, women around the world, especially women of color. Yeah. I can, you know, I feel like I'm a woman of color and I still think I was born with so much privilege. I, I know and I've seen majority of women in this world don't even have remotely the access and resources that I had. And that was still, and it was still hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right. yeah, I, I think I want to be remembered for, for a kind giving person that really made this world a better place for other women. I love it. And that's a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Kiku, for having this conversation with me. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it and for everyone to check out your product. All the links to you know your website and your Instagram uh, will be in the show notes. And for everyone out there who is looking for amazing hair care, <laughs> listen to me when I tell you that uh, Shaz and Kicks has got you covered. So um, thank you again. And I can't wait till we can connect again. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a joy and I'm so honored to be coming here and talking with you and be your guest. Visit nopalera.co to pick up your favorite self-care items for yourself and your friends and family. Join our mailing list to be the first to hear about new products and exclusive promotions and follow us on IG at nopalera.co. And if you are an entrepreneur looking for more real talk and resources, you can join my entrepreneurial newsletter from my personal website, sandraliliavelasquez.com, and be the first to know when I host workshops and masterclasses. Everything is linked below in the show notes. Stay resilient.